0: More than enough. You are more than enough for me. Amen. Let's keep it in the same key. Uh,
1: let's sing that song in moments like these. We just want to welcome you to the service. Uh, This evening, just want to create an atmosphere uh, this evening that would uh, make the Holy Spirit welcome and make it easy for the minister to come and give what's on his heart. So let's just take a moment, just sing this song here before we change the order of the service. So in moments
0: like these, I sing out a song. I sing out a love song to Jesus.
1: seats. We're going to go ahead and change the order of the service here, Um, read off a few prayer requests, and if I could uh, have Brother Chris come up and pray over them, and also we'll have the deacons come forward also, and we'll take up the tithe and offering as well. Uh, We just want to uh, remember those who are traveling uh, to retreat up in Michigan this year, I know that uh, they either were just getting there or will be getting there soon but I know they've already started, so we just want to remember them in prayer that the Lord will just bless them and bless the meetings and also keep them safe on their way back home Saturday. Um, Also, we just want to remember uh, Henry Coffey. He's not here this evening. He has his uh, surgery tomorrow, and does it... Is it a tonsillectomy? Yeah. I can say from experience that even though it's not a, a big big surgery, it's still scary, uh, even for a kid. So I would just uh, keep him in prayer. Um, I have a few prayer requests just within my own family. Um, Just remember, uh, Dad, he had a rough day today. Uh, Just uh, not feeling well. Also, just remember uh, my grandmother, Sister Shirley, she hasn't been feeling well the past week. and So just keep her in prayer. And I know Sister Amber um, also has been down in her back. She's here. I bet she's been having some issues with her back. So just uh, keep her in prayer. And also just a couple unspoken prayer requests for myself and uh, Sister Connie. Said it's your your sister, okay. Sister Connie's sister is in the hospital. They're running tests and seeing if she's going to have a heart attack. So we just want to keep her in prayer and the doctors in prayer as well. So it's a pretty serious request. So just uh, uh, keep the keep her in prayer as well. That's all the prayer requests I have though at this time. I know we have many needs and we're coming at the end of the year. You know we're still in that time of sickness. So we just want to keep each other in prayer. And I just pray the Lord will just keep us safe. So if you would just uh, stand with me, we'll take these prayer requests to the Lord. And Brother Chris, if you would come.
2: Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we're so grateful to have this opportunity to come to your house, Lord, to gather together with saints of like precious faith, Lord, to hear your word and to draw closer to you. Lord, we've heard the needs that have been brought before the people. They're very serious needs. and We just ask that you would be with each one of those that need healing, Father. Be with the, the Buchanan family, Lord, Sister Connie's sister, Henry, and Lord, all those throughout the assembly that are unwell and unable to be here. Father, be with the saints that are going up to Michigan camp. Lord, we our desire is that they would... Have a closer relationship with you at the conclusion of that camp. Father, be with your minister tonight. Speak to our hearts, Lord. Draw us closer to you. Lord, as we're taking up the tithes and the offerings this evening, we just ask that you would be with us part of our worship, Lord. Bless the gift, the giver, and the intended purpose. And Lord, those that that might not be able to give. So, Lord, we thank you. We lay these needs once again at your altar, Father, and ask your mercy. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. You may have your seats just as the ushers come by. Uh, Let's sing that song, uh, To Be Like Jesus. And I forgot to mention uh, another request, and they wouldn't say much. It's uh, because that's just who they are. But my other grandparents, uh, my mom's parents, uh, they've been kind of up and down in their health as well. So just keep them in your prayers too.
0: To be like Jesus To be like Jesus for is
1: here, we won't take up any more time. We'll just go ahead and invite Brother Dennis to come at this time this evening. Let's sing that song, Pass Me Not, as we invite him to come.
0: So pass me not, O gentle Savior.
3: he's the great physician. Amen. So while the doctor is in the building, praise the Lord. Don't pass me by, Lord. Amen. Administer to me my prescription so I can be made whole. Amen. God bless each one of you. Amen. We thank God for allowing us to be brought together by his grace. Amen. On this Wednesday night, granted us traveling mercies, and, you know, the, the scripture says he loadeth us with benefits amen. on a daily basis. I don't think we always recognize all of them, amen, but the scripture is true, amen, and there's many things he's done for us within this day, and all we can say is thank you, amen, amen. we're grateful. There's a song that, the, that the, the little kids sing in our church, and it's, it's called Grateful, I mean, every time I hear that song, song, it just I always me want to cry. <laughs> Amen. Because <clears throat> we are grateful and, you know, he's done so much for us, you know, uh, and I believe he appreciates our gratitude. Uh, I don't want to keep you standing long and I, I appreciate the order of the service so far. I thank God for those songs and really set a good atmosphere. Amen. Let's just bow our hearts and our heads before the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you for allowing us to be here tonight. And if we're here, Father God, we we believe in our hearts that you have an eternal purpose that you want to achieve. So, Lord, may your will be achieved on tonight. Father, I only come for that purpose, Lord. I don't come to be seen or heard of myself Neither did the people come just to hear Brother McBride, but they came to hear from you. And because of the program that you have set, Father, you said you gave gifts unto men. So, Father, it's your gift that you operate to your pleasure. So we just pray that you would have your way tonight. Forgive us of our sins and our iniquities, Lord. Forgive us of our trespasses and our transgressions, Father. You know our hearts Lord, we desire to be in your will. We desire to give you your desire. So, Lord, help us to be strengthened tonight. Lord, help us to overcome. Give us the victories that we stand in need of. And you're here to do it. You're here right now in our midst, Father God. So we pray that you would just help all of us, Lord, just to be settled in our spirits, Father, as you minister to our hearts, Lord. And may you speak your own word as you see fit the saints that are traveling lord the services that are taking place up north we pray that you would bless those services bless brother barry his family father and not only that lord but just wherever your bride is gathered all over the world Lord, may you bless us all lord and you are and we appreciate it god we love you help us to love you more in the mighty name of our lord and savior jesus christ we ask all these things and we pray let the church say amen. amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Of praise, All right. <clears throat> In the opening scripture, let's go to Joshua chapter seven. As we move into the service, um, you know, my tone my tone—it'll go to different ranges. <laughs> so if I get a little loud or whatever, forgive me. Um, you know, sometimes it's just out of my control. Uh, so I—sometimes I, I, I find myself just almost like, "I'm like, oh Lord, forgive me. <laughs> I don't mean to sound that loud, um, but it's just out of inspiration. Sometimes strikes you." You know, and it's out of your control when you're really in that place of surrenderance. Um, So Joshua seven, starting at verse one. It says, but the children of Israel, it says, committed a trespass in the accursed thing. Notice how it worded that. It said the children of Israel. So it was being accounted to the whole group. It says, the children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing, and then it narrows it down to the individual responsible. It says, for Achan, the son of Camre, the son of uh, Zabdi, the son of Zerah, uh, of the tribe of Judah, it says, took of the accursed thing. uh, And the anger of the Lord, notice this now, he took it. But it says, the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. Now let's go to Exodus chapter 20, and we're going to come back to Joshua 7, but I just kind of want to set the tone with these few scriptures, so hopefully it'll help you to follow us a little better. Exodus chapter 20, it says, uh, verse 4, it says, Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. It says, thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them, for I, the Lord, thy God, am a jealous God. And notice how this is worded, saints. It says, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children. Right? So the children didn't do anything, but the fathers did it. But the children are having to face repercussions, what was done by the fathers or the parents, right? And it goes down and says, uh, visiting the, the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them, he says, that hate me, meaning go contrary to his word, right? Because if we love the word and we keep the word, Right, he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. But then there is another promise that's connected to that. Right, he says, in showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. So you see, we're on one side of it. If you hate me, then I'll visit the iniquity of the fathers upon the children. But also I'll visit the following generations with mercy and goodness. Right. But it's all initiated by, at a certain point, the parents set the tone for what's actually received by the children for many years to come in these few verses that we just read. May the Lord bless the reading of his word, saying she may be seated. So I'll let you in on a a little more personal note of how this came about. Um, This particular topic has been on my mind for years, and I was never able to minister on it because the thought crossed my mind and it just caught my attention. For those that are becoming more familiar with me, a lot of times my subjects, my titles are like one word. That's just how over the years God has dealt with me. A word will capture my attention. I'll hear somebody say something, and it's a word to stand out. And i just go off daydreaming about that word. like, man, that's something. And I'll get to looking it up and digging into it. And if it's of the Lord, it'll begin to expand, right? And he'll begin to bring things together with it because there's something that he want to show me, first of all. And then it's something that he might want me to communicate to wherever it is he might send me. So this subject, I, I, it's been of an interest to me, but at the same time, it's it strikes very deeply. It, it strikes very deeply. So as a topic, I want to deal with connected. Connected. And as a subtopic, I want to deal with Coordination. Coordination. As we see in our opening scripture of Joshua 7. You have one individual. Who it was very clearly spoken to because he was amongst the rest of the group in which God told them specifically what to do and what not to do in respect to the Babylonians' belongings, right? Um, And as always is the case, as it was even in the Garden of Eden, uh, once Satan was able to hear God's command go forth, then he gets busy in trying to cause those that the command was given to to try to to cause them to transgress that command. Right. To transgress the word of God. So once he knows what God's word has set forth, then he goes to work to try to see how he can get somebody to fall in respect to that word. How can I get them to go against this word? Right. And we know that the fall in the beginning, Brother Branham said the way, the reason why Eve was able to go that route is because she was lusting after more knowledge. So it was due to a personal lust. That enabled her to be able to open up her mind. Brother Branham called it the womb of her mind and actually receive the presentation of Satan. Right. Um, In one place there, Brother Branham, he says that Eve's thinking changed. He says her thinking actually changed, he said, because she had received the life of the devil. And now he was actually controlling her mind and dictating her views. You understand what I'm saying? And anybody that receives an evil spirit, that's exactly what happens. It actually takes control of their minds. And when they're unfamiliar with spiritual things, they don't even realize what's taking place. They think it's just them, but it's not them. It's the spirit. You understand what I'm saying? And we now understand this because God, by his grace, has come and illuminated the word and helped us to understand so that we can understand these very vital distinctions. I think some time ago here, I may have ministered on a, on a, servant, a, a certain topic of voice recognition. And that was, the pre- that, that was the core of it right there for us to be able to, to identify by the grace of God. We can't do it on our own. But God has to help us to recognize what's communicating with us. So in this case, Achan didn't realize, obviously, that there was something, an evil spirit that began to communicate with his mind. It began to communicate with Achan's spirit, pitting or rather planting that seed of a thought. To go and try to obtain the very things that God said don't do it. And this is the point I want to get to because I don't want to be long tonight, but Achan thought he was just satisfying his own lusts and he was just kind of affecting him own, his own self. Right? He saw the Babylonian garment, he saw the silver, he saw the gold, and nobody else was around or maybe it was a lot of commotion going on and he was just able to kind of slip in and just kind of take a hold of it and somehow tuck it away secretly. He thought he was getting over. He know that silver and gold has a value to it. And when he saw that worldly garment, it had, a, it had, it had an appeal to it, obviously. You know, so much so he wanted to get that garment and take it to himself and he went and hid it in his tent. Isn't that right? So it had an appeal to it plus the, the, the gold and the silver had a value to it but he thought he was just acting all alone in the secretness of his own life. My topic is connected. He didn't realize that his life was connected to all of Israel. Saints, (laughs) I was almost afraid to preach this message. I mean, when the Lord started dealing with my heart, he was dealing with this concerning me. He was showing me, son. This is how important the way you live your life in private is. you affect more than yourself. But that's not how the devil wants us to see it. He wants us to just kind of feel like in that moment, in that little silo of a thought or an atmosphere or whatever, you're just able to satisfy whatever little suggestion, whatever little lust that he was able to bring to your mind that maybe he was able to capture you by. That little indulgence of that little seemingly innocent thing you think it's just you being able to kind of satisfy that fleshly lust. And many times, even Brother Branham says, you know, there are times when we actually willfully sin. No different than aching. <laughs> right? You know that certain things, and forgive me, I, I, I'm not saying it. like I ain't putting nothing on nobody in here. <laughs> I'm just speaking from my heart. Right? Because we're all still a work in progress. And because we all are children of God, I know God deals with our hearts. We hear his voice. We feel the sweeping of his spirit coming by our way, encouraging us to go and pray, read the Bible, listen to the message. Maybe communicate with a certain brother or sister because there is a fellowship that he wants to take place in between us. You've been in those places. There's been some fellowships that take place and you know that it's of the Lord. You understand what I'm saying? But but in in, in those secret areas, like David, David said, Lord, cleanse me from secret faults. Right now is not a time to 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 put on a show. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? There's no time for that, because I mean, Our relationship with God, it is true. It's on an individual basis. But because we are the body of Christ, we're connected. And how we live our lives can either be a blessing to somebody or a hindrance. But this is the thing, saints. So many people aren't even aware of the responsibility and the obligation that we actually have to one another to live a life that's right before the Lord. There are things that some people have been wrestling with for years. They find themselves hitting a snag and falling into a cycle. And they keep asking for forgiveness for the same thing over and over. But what begins to happen over time is it seems like it's a dimming down or a watering down or a lessening of the fight. You understand what I'm saying? And people too easily begin to yield or to give over to what Paul called besetting sins. Paul knew that the bride, Paul was talking to the bride. But the Holy Ghost in him had him to encourage the saints. He says, let us lay aside every weight. Yes. Amen. And the sin that so easily holds us, holds us back, weighs us down, hinders our progress, we, me, you, all of us should be much further down the road. Right. But God, by his grace, with such long suffering, Oh, my gosh. How many thank God for his long suffering? It's such a blessing to have a father like that who is also our God, who's so holy and so righteous, but yet so patient and so merciful, even to the point to when we turn our backs on him in his face. Brother Branham said we can't even sin. Until we first put down the word of God. But then if we take those things too lightly. Oh, it's just, oh, it's just a little. Who told you that it was that little or that insignificant? That's a spirit. Because even with Eve, what Satan did with Eve, he caused the repercussion of God's word not to seem that bad to allow her to become more comfortable in giving in to the very thing that God forbid. He told them, don't do it. If you do it, you're going to die. And that's how evil spirits come to us. They try to make us feel as though, well, this, you're not going to die. This ain't going to affect too much. You, you'll be okay. Nobody will know. That's how Aiken felt can really felt like, I mean, really in that moment, in that time when the, when, when the anointing of that spirit was heavy upon him. And see, I, I don't know if he was by himself or whatever the case might be, but that spirit convinced him that nobody knew. But the Lord was present the whole entire time. When somebody gets drunk, they lose their perception of reality. Isn't that right? And that's why, that, that's why they're able to, to, to kind of carry on in such a way or whatever because it's like their, their judgment and everything is all thrown off. The police could be right there. And they're so caught up and taken away by the spirit that's anointing them until they don't even respect the authority no more. You understand what I'm saying? That's what happens when evil spirits come down and anoint us. It blinds us from the reality that there is a holy God sitting right there. Brother Branham said even angels are right there recording. But that spirit tries to block all those thoughts from our minds so that we can feel comforted in indulging in whatever those little things might be. It's not that God hadn't done a work in our lives. He really has. But there's more land to be possessed. Huh? There's been land conquered, but there's yet, that's what Joshua told them, right? There's yet very much more land to be possessed. It ain't done yet. The enemy is still present. Present where? In our own lives. God is leading us in a battle against ourselves. It's not another people. This is the land that's being conquered. All the enemies, all the evil spirits that we picked up over time. The Holy Spirit comes on the inside of us and he leads us into a war against our own selves. Can we say praise the Lord? Okay. So let me drop this in here real quick because Achan did what he did. And he thought he got away with it. But notice what happened, saints, because he, because, listen, because of how connected his life was to the rest of Israel, they went from Jericho to go against those that was in Ai. Scout out the land. Oh, it's not but a few of them. All we need is about two or three thousand people. We'll we'll take care of them like that. Because at that moment, he was used to the victory. Then they went up, but once they went up, all of a sudden, it wasn't like it was expected to be. Now all of a sudden, the enemy was getting the upper hand. Listen, God permitted the enemy to come in and begin to take over. He allowed the enemy to rout Israel. The same people he said, nobody will be able to stand before you. As long as his word was being honored. So now they go into battle and they're very assured. We got this. We don't need but a few people to go with us. And they go and engage in that battle. Now all of a sudden they see the enemy getting the upper hand and 36,000 men died. Joshua's like, hold on, hold on. Something's wrong here. And the Bible says they went and laid on their faces. They were confused. Lord have mercy. How we live our lives can so affect other people. Listen. Within a church, within a family, your life affects your loved ones. I'm going to give you some examples of that. This right here really hit me to the core. 36,000 men sprawled out over the ground. And what was it due to? One man. They lost their lives. Brother, that's the Old Testament though, brother. But notice Achan still at that time, he wasn't forthcoming with what he did that was wrong. But as they were laying before, laying on their faces before the Lord, the Lord said, get up from there. You know the promise I made you. Obviously, if men are being killed, there's something wrong. And you know what God did, saints? God accounted it to to all of Israel. Those 36,000 men wasn't even in, in Achan's family. You understand what I mean? His life affected that wide range of people. So now it's time for God say I'm not. God say you're not gonna win not one more battle, until you find out where that accursed thing is and get it out from among you. He said it's hidden in the tents. So then Joshua got up early in the morning. Now the anointing of God is on him because he's now been laying in the presence of God. And he called all Israel and he narrowed it down to Judah's tribe. All Judah's tribe came by, he narrowed it down by family. This is at the leading of the whole, this is discernment. You understand what I'm saying? Real discernment, he narrowed it down by family. And then he narrowed it down to Achan's family. And then he calls man by man to pass by. And when Achan began to pass by, Joshua said, hold on. It wasn't no guessing. It wasn't no asking him questions like, well, are you the one? Did you do something? No. He said, tell us what you did. Give, give glory unto God. Give honor unto God and tell me what you did, Aiken." You can imagine how Achan's heart felt as it narrowed down to the tribe and to the family and man by man. And he was coming up second, third, fourth, and now he's standing before Joshua. And when God called him out, you can imagine how he felt. There, was, a, there it was nothing left in him to even try to lie. He knew, that he. listen, he can feel the presence of God. Brother Branham said that time is going to come again. He says when those gifts begin to move in the way that they're supposed to move, we're going to begin to see something. He says, I, I took of the accursed thing, I took the garment, I took the silver, I took the gold, and I hid it. And then the men, they ran to go and and retrieve the items, and they found them. He says, now, because you've troubled Israel, we're not going to trouble you. And they stoned him to death, and they burned him. And they left a pile of stones on top of his body that the Bible says is there until this day. That's the Old Testament, brother. Well, Let's bring it to our day. Right, Brother Branham says in adoption this is the number one adoption he says there's, there's where the church is failing today he says on that walk do you know that even your own behavior can knock somebody else out of getting healed I don't want to race past this we're not going to be much longer I just want us to deeply consider this our individual behavior whatever besetting sins might be present because there's secret things that people would, would, are daresome to tell anybody else that they're dealing with. But again, that spirit wants us to feel comfortable enough to allow it to continue to invade our lives with a thought that, you know, God will take care of this in time. He'll come and he'll help me to be delivered. But you're actually giving room. You're giving, you're giving place. You don't have to. It's a decision that's being made. Right? But because we don't know that you're not just affecting yourself, you could be affecting somebody else that's in the church. And you can hear prayer requests. You can hear prayer requests be made for individuals and not even realize that individual's prayer request is connected to your life. me for yelling, but boy, you understand what I'm saying, saints? We are that connected. Watch. He says, there's where the church is failing today on that walk. Do you know that even your own behavior can knock somebody else out of getting healed? Your misbehavior of unconfessed sins of you believers, he says, can cause this church to bitterly fail. So by unconfessed sin, things that we're permitting, allowing, we can actually cause the whole church to not be able to move forward. One individual, one secret sin. He says, in the day of judgment, you will be responsible for every bit of it. Oh, you say, now, wait a minute, Brother Branham. Well, that's the truth. He says, think of it. And they slayed the Amorites and the Hittites. But there wasn't one hurt among any of them until sin came into camp. And when Achan took that Babylonian garment and that gold wedge and hid it under his camp, then the next day they lost 16, he says 16, man, but we read it was 36,000. He says, Joshua says, stop, stop, wait a minute. There's something wrong. Something's wrong here. We're going to call seven days of fast. God made us a promise. There will be nothing hurt us. Our enemies will fall at our feet. And there's nothing wrong here. Something's went wrong somewhere. Because we got 16 dead, man laying here. They're Israelite brothers and they're dead. Why Why did they die? Innocent man, because of one man stepping out of line. You see reason this needs to be taught? The time that we're in right now, we're, going, we're ready to go in a rapture, right? This is all a part of the preparation for that, that our care for one another and our love for one another that increases to such a place until we until we we resist the devil more than what we ever have in our entire lives realizing that I'm affecting more than just myself. I can't go forward with that mentality. He says, you see the reason this needs to be taught, the church lining up, lining up with the word of God. Listen, lining up with God and lining up with each other. Walking perfectly upright, soberly before all men, fearing God, because one man stole a garment and done something that he should not done. It says took the life of 16 men. And I think it was 16, maybe more. He says, I believe it was 16 men that was dead. Joshua called and said, there's something wrong. God made the promise and something is wrong. When we bring, listen to how he says this, when we bring the sick up before us and they fail to be healed, we need to call a solemn fast, call an assembly. Something's wrong somewhere. God made the promise. God's got to stick to that promise. He says, and he will do it. So in the scriptures that we just kind of combed over, we see where the sin of one man can cause the downfall of multiple others. Because the way that God views it, you're all connected. And in the example that we just read from the prophet in our day, he says our individual behavior, misbehavior, can affect someone else. Why? Because we're connected. So let's go to another side of it here, right? Let's go to 1 Corinthians, I'm sorry. Yeah, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 9. And as you're turning there, I'm going to read one more scripture here. But please go to that location and I'm just going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, to I'm gonna address this real quickly. Because God, he cares dearly about all of us. And just like a parent in a household, if one brother or one sibling causes another sibling to do something that's wrong, how would you think toward that and how would you address that? Once you find out that this one is responsible for what this one did, right? You will have to deal with the one that actually caused the the other one to trespass. They wouldn't have done it if you wouldn't have influenced them in the way that you did. Isn't that right? But watch this scripture here. I mean, God deals with this in a very severe way. He says, but whosoever shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me. It were better for him that a millstone were hang about his neck and that he would drown in the depths of the sea. Woe unto the world. Watch how he says this. Woe unto the world because of offenses. For it must needs be that offenses come. But woe to that man by whom the offenses come. Woe unto Achan. Right? Because of what he did, he caused Israel, he he, he caused sin to be accounted to all of Israel. And he paid dearly for it with his own life. Now I want to read you those same verses in the Amplified Bible. It says, but whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble in sin by leading him away from my teaching, Remember Gideon? They had idols in their home. And listen, it had become a norm. The very thing that God's word forbid, they began to take it on and incorporate it into their lives and establish it in their homes. Does that sound familiar? I'm not saying amongst us. But the very thing that God brought through this message that brought about such an expression of God through the prophet's life because he humbled himself to that very message that he preached. And now all of a sudden in this day it's almost as though God has changed his mind about his word. Now it's okay to do certain things because somehow we got this discernment that ain't lining up with the very thing that God spoke through his prophet. Like this understanding, somehow, this greater and higher understanding to be able to decipher what's acceptable now, what's tolerable now by God. Now, televisions have come back in, It's it's being watched quite heavily. All sorts of little programs, sports, or whatever the case might be. You understand what I'm saying? All these things coming back in, making their way back in and being established. And listen, it's not that innocent because I believe the Holy Spirit deals with us and he gives us conviction. That's too much. You're going too far. But he don't want to just take it from people. He want people to love him enough. Do you really love me? If you love me, then then why aren't you keeping my word? You're calling me your Lord and your master, but your life isn't testifying of the same things. Forgive me, saints. You know, he hadn't changed. The level of success that we see being expressed from the prophet's life, that came from the relationship. That came from the love, that came from the walk and the closeness of that walk of humility. He didn't want nothing. He said he said if he did anything wrong, he wanted God to let him know right quick. He wanted to be able to feel it right away so he can correct it. And the enemy tries to make us numb, spiritually numb. Maybe in the beginning you felt it very strongly. But the more we bypass certain things, the easier it becomes to do it. And because it's a spirit that's there, through reasoning, it makes it more and more justifiable as though it's not anything. When all along, that very action, that very habit, could be striking somebody else in a very negative way. I'm going to give you a few examples, and we're going to close. But before we go there, I told you to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 9. Because what I begin to see, even with all the fathers and, you know, the mothers also, I got five, I got five kids. You know, what father, what mother don't want their family to be blessed? You want them to be blessed more than even what you were able to experience. You understand what I'm saying? And in this case, you might not be able to hand them an abundance of riches or whatever to pass down from generations, but there is something you can pass down. You can cause God to visit your children with mercy and goodness and grace. Or on the other side, you can cause something else to be visited upon your children or upon your loved ones. But notice this part of it. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter four and verse nine. For I think for I think that God have set forth us the apostles last as it were appointed to death. So now you see a dying that's taking place. He says, for we are made a spectacle unto the world and to angels and to men. Notice this. He says, we are fools for Christ's sake. That's how we're we're judged, that's how we're looked upon as being fools, but it's working out something that's far greater than that. He says, we're looking like fools, but ye are wise in Christ. The very thing that we're sowing is causing a blessing to come upon your life. Then he goes on to say, saints, we are weak, he says, but ye are strong. Paul lived a willful life of sacrifice. Amen. Because of his love for Christ and because of his love for the saints, he lived a life that he didn't really have to live. He could have went and had every luxury everybody else had. But he chose to follow God fully in the way that God laid before him for the saints sake. Brother Branham says eternal life is living your life for others. It goes beyond the giving of goods and the giving of clothes and the giving of a ride or cutting somebody's grass. But your very personal life, that innermost part of yourself, how you live and conduct your life, the very thoughts you allow to flow through your mind. Amen. Being more willing, according to the scripture, it says, bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ that tries to exalt itself above the knowledge of God. Why is that? Because present your bodies as a living sacrifice. It says, which which is what? A reasonable service. We're desiring to make sure the devil don't get a foothold into our minds, which, which, which comes by way of thoughts. We deal with it every day, all day, and you're dealing with it right now. You understand? But we become so mindful of our connection with our brothers and our sisters, we begin to realize it's a greater penalty, it's a greater repercussion than just me yielding myself to this evil thought. You see, from this evil spirit, now it's more than just me yielding myself for a moment and then coming back quickly and asking for forgiveness. Or it could be habitual. It's more than just me now indulging in this secret sin in my life. Now you're not going to be able to escape from the fact that your life is connected with your brothers and your sisters. So Paul is saying, look, we're choosing to live this life of sacrifice. We're holding, giving ourselves over to the gospel for Christ's sake so that you might live. Praise God, saints. Isn't that beautiful? And now that's the heart, that should be the heart of every God-given ministry. Amen! Amen. To give themselves wholly over unto God so that the blessings and the benefits of God can flow into his church. Flow through every family. The same mind for every father and every mother. You become a gateway for the blessings of God to flow into your home and give your children health and strength and overcoming power. Against all the enemies that circulate and trying to find a way to come in. Wow. The older brothers to the younger brothers. Huh? Boy, nobody's excluded. But this is powerful. Because now, by how we live our lives, we can call somebody else to become stronger. Amen. We can call somebody else to actually overcome, we can call somebody else to actually be healed. Can we say praise the Lord, saints? Oh, my. Eternal life is living your life for others. He said Christ never lived his life for himself. The Bible says he saved others and himself he can't save because he was doing it for us. He was dying that we might live. Wow. Paul said the apostles was called into a life of death. Why? So that life can come into the saints. He goes on to say, uh, he says, we are weak, but ye are strong. Ye are honorable. He says, but we are despised. We're bearing this gladly, though, because of the benefits that we see that you're gaining from it. Amen. He says, even unto this present hour, we both hunger and thirst and are naked and are buffeted and, and, and have no certain dwelling place and labor, working with our own hands, being reviled, we bless. He says, being persecuted, we suffer it. Being defamed, we entreat, we are made as the filth of the world and are are the the offscouring of all things unto this day. Such a life of hardships, but Christ told him what great things he must suffer for my name's sake. But as a result of Paul living the way that he lived, look how many saints were made to come to life. Amen, the the very presence of God able to, amen, amen, come and saturate their hearts and their souls to bring the life, that seed, to send them on their way as true sons and daughters of God manifested. But he had to have that, that type of a heart, see. See, God molded him into that place. Wow. I need to close. I'm mindful of the time right now. But I want to leave you with the I got so much it's so much more here saints but I won't even try to cover it all but I have to share with you these few things because I told you my subject was coordination but brother how does that go together connected and coordination coordination means the process of organizing people or groups so that they work together properly and well isn't that what the Holy Ghost is doing He brings people from different walks of life, different regions of the world. Amen. And he brings them together and he begins to deal with everybody's hearts. Even here in this church, there's many backgrounds, many families, many different histories that you come from. But God brought you all together and he began to mold you and he began to instill instill this in you that you might be able to work together. Well, and this is a part of it. Lord have mercy. It says the harmonious functioning of parts for effective results. Each one of us have a part in the body of Christ. Amen. And many of us right now, you probably don't even realize what you are. Well, who am I? What's my purpose? The more you humble yourself to God, God will allow you to tap into that stream. Amen. And it'll become evident what your role is because he'll simply begin to manifest it the more we die. To ourselves, the more we humble ourselves to his word, getting rid of our own will, our own ambitions, and want to be wholly his. Lord, you just have your way in my life. I don't know which way I'm supposed to go, Lord, but you do. Help me to fully surrender myself into your hands. Everything that I am, my whole life, saints, that's been my prayer now. I don't know what's best for me, but he does. So I need that mind to come down and anoint me and do whatever he wants to do. I don't want my own way at all in any area of my life. I just want his will. That's the only thing that's important. All right, let me get into this so I can let you go. I appreciate your patience. This is, this is heavy saints. right? He says, my finger could never take the place of my ear, no matter how much it tried. Neither could my mouth take the place of my eye. But each member knows what it can do. And all of them coordinating together makes the body move. He says, if this church can only see that, he says, if you can only see that it takes coordination. It takes cooperation with all the body of Christ. Now, this is where my inspiration came from, from this particular message here. It's called Humble Thyself." He says, I was thinking here of one little illustration to back up what he said. Now, we look at this watch to find out what time it is, unless that every instrument in that watch is coordinating. He says one with the other we will never know the correct time. Is that right? And that takes all of us. Everybody included. He said that takes all of us all together. Watch this, saints, if we want to see the third pull, really do something for God, he says it's coordination. Amen. With every one of us together to humble ourselves before God and confess our wrong and pray and believe God for these things. Amen. Amen. What's going to bring the third pull about coordination? The body caring really and truly from their hearts for one another, living a life above sin to honor God, knowing that it affects your brother and sister. But when everybody is in sync, he says that's going to bring the third pull down. Not so much so down as already in us, but it's going to come. It's going to bring it into an expression. He said it's coordination. Confessing our wrongs, living for one another. That's eternal life. Wow. That's powerful. That day on Calvary, Jesus was training 12 men that through those 12 men was to take the gospel to the world. He says, and he said, for their sake, I sanctify myself. Make yourself for your neighbor's sake. He says, for somebody else's sake, don't use your liberty for a cloak, said Paul, but sanctify yourself. Behave yourself in the neighborhood like a real Christian ought to. Let your communications be. If you meet your enemy, sanctify yourself for his sakes, not knowing what you might do. Praise the Lord. John 15, 12 says, this is my commandment that ye love one another. It says, as I have loved you. Greater love have no man than this, that a man will lay down his life. Listen now, living for others, lay down his life for his friend. That ain't talking about you going and physically dying. But you laying down your life, you you, you laying down your interests or the things that are not convenient. That the Lord has already let you know that he doesn't approve of that. You laying down your life, what you could do, you you begin to make different decisions, better decisions. No, I'm not going to do that, Satan. When those evil spirits come by to suggest their little thrills, their little lusts, no, I'm not giving in to your lust, devil. My brother and my sister are counting on the way that I live my life. Can we say praise the Lord? Lord Lord have mercy. Ah. The Amplified Bible, the same verse, it says, this is my commandment that ye love and unselfishly seek the best for one another. Just as I have loved you. Unselfishly seek the best for one another. I'm going to leave you with these two examples here, saints. We're connected. This message here is called How the Angel Came to Me. He says, there is a lady setting. notice this now. Think about the prayer requests that are up here. I'm not saying that that has anything to do with anything, but it, it, it just brings you mindful of these things. It might not be a medicine that they need. It might be waiting on you. There's a lady sitting right back over here, over there in the corner. I see that light hanging over her. So the Holy Spirit, the angel of the Lord. He says, that's the only way I can tell what about it. He says that light's hanging. This light right here is a hanging over the lady. He says, maybe just in a minute, if I can see what it is, it'll break. The lady is suffering. Notice this, saints, the lady is suffering with a heart trouble. She's looking right to me. And her husband is sitting next to her and her husband has got some sickness. He says he's just been sick, upset, sick. Isn't that right, sir? Raise your hands up if that's true. That's right. He says it's you, lady with the little scarf there. The the mister, isn't that right? Haven't you been just kind of upset today? He says you have upset, uh, upset in your stomach, the man. That's right. He says you all believe with all of your heart, both of you. You accept it, sir. I tell you, he says, you too. I see you with your hand up. Listen, the habit of smoking. He says, quit doing that. You smoke cigars. You shouldn't do that. Makes you sick. Isn't that right? He says, "If it is, wave your hand like this." That's what's upsetting you. It's bad. Listen, it's bad on your nerves. I thought smoking was supposed to calm your nerves. You see the lie that the devil sells to the people. Oh, I'm, I'm a little upset. I'm nervous. Go out and smoke me. Calm my nerves. He said, "You're actually making yourself sick." Oh my. <laughs> He says, that's what's upsetting you is, he says, it's bad on your nerves. Throw nasty thing away and don't do it no more and you will get over that and be all and be all right. Listen, and your wife's heart trouble will leave her. Think about it, saints. He lives with his wife. She started having a little heart condition. He's concerned about her, Honey, you're not feeling well? Yes, I don't understand. My heart is beating abnormally. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what's going on. I never felt like this before. Well, honey, come on. Let me take it to the doctor. Let me take it to the doctor. Come on, come on. Be careful now. Go into the doctor. The doctor diagnoses her. Well, you got a heart trouble ma'am. Oh, what must I do? Maybe have it on certain medications or whatever the case might be. And that wasn't even the root cause. Watch this. He says, you believe that. Isn't that right? I can't see you from here and you know that, but you are carrying the cigars in your right, in, in your front pocket. He says, that's right. Lay the things out. Listen, lay the things out, the cigars out. And put your hand over on your wife. Tell God that you tell God that you are through with that kind of stuff. You will go home well and you and your wife will get well. He's seeing his wife suffer with a heart condition and didn't realize it was connected to his habit. Listen, and God allowed that connection to be made. Last one, Saints. Thank you for your patience. He says, a little girl come come here not long ago from the high school. Her mother called me up, said, Brother Branham, my girl has got Hodgkin's disease. That's cancer forms in lumps. Talking about cancer now. He says, and the doctors took a piece from a break on her throat, sent it away, and it was perfectly Hodgkin's disease. So he said, the next one breaks may break over her heart. When it does, she's gone. Little girl suffering with this disease. Cancer in her body. It says, uh, He says, said she hasn't got the weight that, that they're breaking. She's got anywhere about three months to live. The mother said, what shall I do? Send her back to school. Said, let her go because she'll go probably suddenly. And said, just let her go and live a normal life as she can. Don't tell her nothing about it. So the lady said to me, what must I do? I said, bring her, bring her up. Now you, now, 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 now you, think you kind of put, put the scene of aching back into view. That discernment that began to settle right down. Brother Branham said, I said, bring her up and put her in the prayer line. He says, and I said, you come with her. He said, I felt a little funny feeling. And when a little girl came by that morning with blue looking lips from makeup and as the school has them and the little thing come by, I didn't know who she'd be. He says was going to call me on the phone. I took I took a hold of her hand. I said, good morning, sister. There she was. That was her. He says, just in a few moments, looked down to her mother and seen both of them without God, without Christ. I said, how can God how can you expect healing on these grounds? Will you accept Jesus Christ as your personal savior? I said, will you come to this pool here and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins? They said, we will do that. Oh, you know what happened. The woman may be sitting here this morning. Many of you know the case. Brother Mike Egan, one of the trustees here, watched the case. That's been about four or five years ago. The little girl was took back to the doctor. Not even one trace of Hodgkin's disease was found in her. Her healing was connected to her mother. But she was taken unto the doctor when the cause was in the home. What was the cause of the Midianites coming quite often and taking Israel's goods in their crops? Gideon was confused. He being greeted, mighty man of valor. The Lord is with you. He said, oh, God be with us and why all these things happen to us? Because by that time, the, the, the cycle of sin had become established and had become a norm, and he didn't know that those things weren't supposed to be there. And then the Lord revealed, he exposed the enemy. He says, now I want you to go, and I want you to destroy these idols. And when he did, the people that knew what the word said they got an attitude with Gideon and wanted to kill Gideon. Bring him out here so that we can kill him because he destroyed our idols. Forgive me, but God will anoint the ministry. Not even the ministry. God might anoint somebody to come by somebody's way to buy his grace bring a certain thing to their attention so that they might humble themselves to the word. And the first thing that evil spirit that's causing them to have that frame of mind will do, it'll cause them to get irritated, frustrated, and a little upset with the messenger. Instead of just taking, you know, the responsibility, you know what, you're absolutely right. This is contrary to God's word, and I knew that. And beginning to give God glory for his grace to come by their way one more time to help them to be free from that particular bondage. They wanted to kill Gideon. And Gideon's dad had to step forth and say, Are you gonna plead for Baal? If he's a God, let him plead for himself. You gonna plead for the television? You gonna plead for the movie theater? Whatever's going on, I ain't talking about here, but you just, you know, it's things that, that go on. you going, what, 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 what are you arguing about now? What's the problem? You do believe the message, don't you? I mean, has something changed? Well, you got a different version? What? Maybe you got a, a book that was printed someplace else. <laughs> Somehow the wording then changed. change. Praise God, saints. Thank you for your patience. Uh, pray for me. I said, this did something for me because I got a family. They got needs. I have needs. I don't need any hindrances. And I believe the Lord, the Holy Spirit is pulling all of our hearts to this same place to die more to ourselves, to give ourselves to him in the way that he's calling for. I want to leave that just like that because We might have limitations or things that we might think is enough, but is it what God is calling for? He wants more. Love you. I love all of God's people. Like, I really have an appreciation for the saints. You know how precious it is to actually have saints of light, precious faith that you can have real fellowship with? That there is a genuine love amongst us and a real care amongst us? Man. Let us all stand together. Thank you again for your patience. Let's pray for one another. Let's bow. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. We thank you for your word. God, we didn't mean to hold your people long, Lord, but at the same time, we wanted you to be able to have your way. But I felt led to stop, so I don't feel that you've been rushed, Father. But I pray that you would just take this word, Lord, and further unfold it to our hearts, Lord, Help us, Lord God, to enter into our secret places of prayer and have a real heart to heart talk with you, Lord. Lord, when you show me how deeply our individual lives can affect one another, it, it, Lord, you already know it did something to me. And I don't say that as a show before your people, Lord, you know my heart. It did something to me, Lord, and I'm sorry. For the many times, Lord God, I may have allowed my life to negatively affect someone else. Lord, help me to wholly give myself to you in the way that you desire. You deserve it, Lord. You're preparing us to leave this place. This is not our home. And we're being reminded of that on a daily basis. We are not comfortable here. being in your presence Lord actually walking in your will humbling ourselves to you that feels right at home for me Lord it's where I belong it's where we belong in your presence Heavenly Father in a harmony in a union Lord in a unity where there's no hindrances Father God we thank you Lord Jesus for all that you've done for us And may we take it to heart, Lord, that you told us in your word to love one another as we have loved you unselfishly looking to the interests of another. And we see now it ties back to just our day-to-day decisions for our own lives. I believe it's going to bring about a shift and a change, Lord, by your grace. May you be able to freely move in the hearts of all that are here. Lord, we need you. And we gladly lay down our lives Please come and do with us as you will You are the potter We are the clay Mold and shape us in whatever way you see fit In the mighty name Of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ We ask all of these things Lord And we pray Amen God bless you saints Pray for me
0: So open our eyes
1: evening. Uh, let's switch it to G. Let's sing uh, that song, Created Me a Clean Heart. Just sing this as you go. You're dismissed. Uh, just again, remember to pray for one another. Pray for those who are sick and uh, who are traveling that uh, they can just have safe travels. And uh, Just come back at the appointed time this Sunday, and we look forward to seeing you all then.
0: Create in me a clean Amen. Uh...